Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What's New with Nikki. Today I am joined with Perry Schwartz here and we're going to be talking about a super um, important topic of Autism Acceptance Month uh, slash Autism Awareness and we're going to be discussing this with someone who is on the autism spectrum. We're going to be discussing all the things you should, should not do and all between when discussing these topics with someone who's on the ASD spectrum or anyone who's neurodivergent in general. So I'm going to send it over to you, Perry, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Perry Schwartz, and I'm a high school senior and incoming freshman at American University. Um, I will be taking a gap year in Israel before I go to AU, so I'll be going in a year, but I'm graduating in a month. Um, I am on the autism spectrum, and but a fun fact about me is that I have a photographic memory, which is um, one of my special gifts mm. of... Ha- having autism and I definitely have a lot of common talents within that well I have a lot of talents within my photographic memory um like I can memorize how old you'd be if you were born in that year Mm, yeah that's actually really interesting I'm so bad with that yeah yes all right. So for the first question I have for you, what is the term neurodivergent? What does it mean? So the term neurodivergent means like it's not just autism, but anyone who has like a disability affecting the brain to that, whether that's ADHD, um, dyslexia, something like that. Anything yeah. that like affects like your brain and like cognitive issues. Mm-hmm. So um, another question, I see this thrown around a lot. Uh, what is the harm in the terms low functioning and high functioning, and especially when it comes to autism? So the term low functioning means like you're like not very dependent and like you need day-to-day help. Well, high functioning basically is like success and like you're on your own and like, um, and like it's offensive because like, it compares severity within autism. And that's why many autistic people don't like functioning labels. Yeah, it just compares um, severity. I could imagine how that could be, you know, very disheartening for people, you know, being compared with two completely different ends of the spectrum. And I could imagine, Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, that those two worlds often collide. You know, people assume that everyone that is on the autism spectrum um, is low functioning, which in actuality is definitely not true by any means. Um, so for the next question, <laughs> so for the next question, it is why is the autism unemployment gap so big? How can we stop this from happening? So part of the problem is that, um, is that workplaces cannot handle, um, those who need accommodations um and those who might need like more help and part of the problem is that and that's a main part of the problem is why autistic people have a hard time finding employment and keeping employment although there are organizations and programs that help autistics find employment Every year, 50,000 new autistics are entering the workforce, and the few program and the few programs that exist can't keep up with the demand. 
And what many people don't realize is that the autistic unemployment rate is higher than the unemployment rate um, for all disabled Americans in general, which disabled people make up 20% of the U.S. population and have an unemployment rate of only 10.5%, which is also higher than the unemployment rate for neurotypical people, which is only 4.5%, and non-autistic Americans with developmental disabilities, which is only 21%. And what I think needs to be realized is that there are plenty of autistic people who can lead independent, normal, and successful lives, but what I think the real realization is, is that it's not always about the disability. Yeah, that is such an interesting fact and figure that you have. Um, it's just um, disheartening. Like, I don't I don't remember if I used this word previously, but um, it's upsetting, you know, to see this, eight, this gap um, in unemployment uh, mm -hmm. between people on the autism spectrum and those that are not or those that are in other disabilities because of these accommodations. And this supply and demand is, you know, it's gotten you know, reached its max and its peaks and is, um, you know, very hurting to the autism community. So um, this Hold is a, a question like that I've seen also a lot floating around. A lot of people um, that are not neurotypical or don't have autism don't really understand um, this one, mm -hmm. including myself. I'm definitely interested to hear your insight. What is stimming? So stimming is basically like the actions that those autistic people can't help. Like my stims are like flapping my hands when I'm like excited. And also um, my another common stem of mine is pacing when like pacing around my house and walking back and forth. Like I can't help it. As well as jumping up and down in my chair. Yeah. So do they. Oh, what? Yes, yes. Do they like differ from person to person? Yes. Definitely. Like, do stims like differ from person to person? Um, are yes. there common ones? If so, what are they? I'd say a common stim is like. What would you say are like, like the common ones, or are there no common ones, and it just really differs? I don't think there are everyone. common ones. I don't think there are common ones. Like, I do know other people who happen to pace. Yeah, and like, and like another common like accommodation within autism like i'm surprised you didn't mention this one is the academics like i wanted to bring mm -hmm. this up like because like specifically because you didn't mention it but like i but like i have i would not be where i am today without the accommodations that i have like if it were not for the accommodations and like i would not be able to have been accepted to a school whose acceptance rate dropped to 10 percent yeah. And I just so committed to are that some of these? Yeah. What uh, are some of these accommodations and what are some of the accommodations that you can find on a college campus? So some of the accommodations include more time on tests um, as well as um, going as well as asking a person for your notes. Um, well, asking a person for their notes to, like, help and, like, to try to keep up. Mm-hmm. And I was So, would those smaller... also, like, similarly be seen? Hmm? Yeah. Hmm? 
we keep like talking at the same time because it keeps yes. going in and out. I don't get it. Um, would these, <laughs> would these, <laughs> would these like similarly be um, like that you would see at like a prestigious um, institution? Like I've seen all so kinds of like things, especially at Stanford and Harvard. Okay, so you have to request the accommodations mm-hmm. at a college. And like, I went for psycho testing and the person who gave me the list of accommodations I might need, like, it's a hefty list, but I have to like request what I might need to the Office of Disability Services. Gotcha. I was also uh, in smaller classes all my life. What? Wait, can I say what I was going to say really oh, quick? Yes, yes. That, uh, that I see. Yeah, please. I was also in... Okay, I was also in smaller classroom sizes all of my academic career, um, K-12. through um, And going to schools for um, kids who have these types of disabilities, like, I just... I felt like I didn't fit in. And then when I joined BBYO, which, for those who don't know, is my high school youth group, um, I just i felt loved i felt included i felt cared about i felt accepted um and like i just felt like i belonged and like i didn't really have any friends at my school yeah like and in bbyo like i have like the best friends i've ever made yeah it's so um loving to see uh such a community that can be rallied around um a common cause and it's yeah. so awesome to see how accepting everyone has been as well. So yeah. um, for my next question, what would you say is the importance of autism acceptance? The importance of the importance of autism acceptance is that like we need to be seen in society as part of society and that and knowing that we don't discriminate and that we are out there and that we need to be included and accepted and cared about and loved and talked about in pretty much everything. So what would you say like a non-inclusive or exclusive um, environment would be for a someone sorority who's on often? At, yeah. Like those giant SEC schools, oftentimes a sorority. Would you mind like elaborating how so? Yes. Um, like a lot of times sororities are very exclusive because like they just they don't see like they don't see you as like pretty enough or like well put enough that is so upsetting i mean yeah and all kinds of horror stories like on tiktok yeah and like a girl with down syndrome at George Mason University. She was dropped by every sorority just because she had Down syndrome. Oh my God, that is horrible. It it's yeah. so prevalent to see that ha- uh, how many things need accommodations and need to be more accepting, and that is yeah. a terrible, terrible story. Yeah, and like at and in most sororities, all the events are mandatory. You eat dinner at the same time. It's mm-hmm. full of talk it's basically a toxic environment yeah but like at au at american my school um there's two jewish sororities um sdt and aefi and like 
I know a lot of people who are in SDT at AU, they say it feels just like BBYO. Mmm, that's so good. That must be really comforting. Yes. So for my next question as well, um, what are some of the negative stereotypes of autism and how can activists or anyone that just wants to be an ally combat them? So I feel like an so I feel like a negative stereotype, this one um is often praised by autism speaks, which like they're no no. Um is the cure and eugenics um is that like autism can be cured or like vaccines cause autism which they don't and the doctor who published that study has since lost his medical license um and also that um i feel like with the cure like you can't cure autism it's a developmental disability and then another thing i feel like another thing that's hap- i've seen happen are parents are putting bleach in their children's mouths to wow. try to cure autism oh my gosh the lengths yeah and then i published an article back in june a few weeks after this tiktok autism challenge went viral um everything has been taken down from that mm-hmm. um it's in the atlanta jewish times i can send it to you after sure um, i can put it in the description of the episode yeah please do um and it got a lot of positive feedback. Um, mostly everything everyone has said about it has been positive. And like, they're like, oh, it's beautifully written. And like, it's to show that like, we need autistic people in society. And like, I'm gonna be a journalism major at AU. Mm-hmm. And that like, and like the journalist workplace, like we've, I feel like in journalism, there needs to be more autistic journalists. What would be the benefit of that? Benefit of that is that they can bring unique perspectives of how they see the world. Like I have like I've lived a very uncommon life and well, I've lived like a very unique life that's different from most people's, which like is totally okay, but like I've had the best time. And um I've also um and like I see the world differently and then there's also this thing called and then there's also this trait in autistic people that's called being gifted which is like which is like basically like you don't need day-to-day help and there's there's very specific criteria for it mm-hmm. um but there's this video on autism speaks from it's actually the most recent one I've seen is from this channel called the Illuminati on YouTube um oh. <laughs> yes i know but like but it's my favorite video but like she's not an autistic person but she goes in depth to like explain everything and like it's really amazing that's good you can also if you want to send me the link to that i can also include that yeah also also i'll send you both because there was one there was a one she published a few weeks after that that um autism speaks they've done some pretty hefty work like in their early days their work was good like my mom she was actually the top fundraiser for them in the state of georgia for their first five years oh wow well technically four because i was diagnosed when i was three so i was diagnosed at an early age 
Gotcha. Well, do you mind like getting into the problems and why like autism speaks is problematic? I know you went sure. into a little bit like of it like with the cure, but if you wanna go into it, yeah, sure. Um, so a lot of it has to do with their funding. Only four percent of their funding goes towards families and helping those on the spectrum. Um, most of it is funding towards advertising and awareness. Mm. Um, they also endorse this center who performed electroshock therapy as a treatment for autism my goodness when like electro but it was more like torture yeah electroshock is yeah and everyone can agree is never the solution to anything yeah and the method that was being practiced was actually banned last year oh wow by the fda yeah, that can not be healthy by any means. That is crazy. No. Yeah. My God. Well, I'm glad you definitely talked about that so that everyone can know about it. Most people like um, will know about like the puzzle piece and things like that from Autism Speaks. Oh, yeah, the puzzle piece. I can get into that. Um, so sure. The puzzle piece was... Oh, another thing about Autism Speaks, they don't have a single autistic person on their board of directors. Oh, wow. That's not inclusive. Nope. And um, so the puzzle piece, it was started in 1963 by the National Autistic Society, another bad autistic organization. Um, And it featured a kid crying inside of a puzzle piece. It was then adopted by Autism Speaks in 2005 when when they were first founded. Um, And it's kind of been used as like the method. It's still their logo to this day. And um many people use the infinity sign because it's like more inclusive and like the puzzle piece like it just shows like you're excluded basically yeah i mean the puzzle piece has you know ridges and all kinds Mm -hmm. of things that don't really give the inclusive vibe i guess exactly um yeah i mean a lot of people like at my school like elementary middle school i don't really think they did it too much in high school but uh, we always had like these like hats off for autism days where we like all got to wear like hats which was like not part of the dress code but only got to no. wear it on that day and and we had to give like it was so strange and we had to give like a dollar to do it and all of the money would go to autism speaks that everyone thought was like such a great organization and like oh, I yeah. feel like it's really coming out like like from autism advocates like within the past few years that it's not so it's definitely you know interesting to see um how like um informative everyone is nowadays and how connective um it is to be so for my final question that i specifically have um how can we celebrate neurodiversity in our everyday lives um so neurodiverse people make contributions to the world like it's been said albert einstein was on the spectrum and that bill gates is on the spectrum um and that i know a lot of people with um learning disabilities and that they make unique contributions to the world and that neurodiverse people bring a lot to have well neurodiverse people have a lot to offer yeah that is um that's definitely how i feel like most people would put it as well 
Yeah, and one more thing I wanted mm-hmm. to bring up was the first-person language, um, identity language, and, like, person-first language. So, like, I personally don't have a preference. Because, like, sometimes I say I have autism, and, like, and, like, yeah. and then, and my grandma, and, like, so, like, my mom has to, hold on. My grandma would often use, like, would people who would tell people who would often use the term autistic, she would often say person with autism. And then my mom had to correct my grandma that, like, many people don't really like that term. And then she saw something that she Mm -hmm. thought was um, really interesting that, that, like, saying, saying, like, person with autism, it's not, like, you can't say person with autism it's because like it's like saying person with gay or person with norwegian or Mm -hmm. person with jewish basically yeah that is interesting it is a little awkward sounding but i guess it really does matter to personal preference um Mm -hmm. just i mean i could i could see why some people would be uncomfortable with it because it does seem a little bit like objectifying i suppose like Mm -hmm. uh, kind of puts you like in a box i could see like that could be a little like concerning for some people. Yeah. Like I could see that kind of aspect of it. But um if it really doesn't matter to some people, then of course use that yeah, language, and I like, suppose. But everyone should accommodate to what everyone's comfortable with. Yeah. And like story. my therapist has asked me multiple times, like, do you prefer autistic or person with autism? I'm like, I don't have a preference. Because sometimes I do say I have autism. Yeah. It is. I could. I could see that it's really up to everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Yeah. No problem at all. So <laughs> I'm gonna wrap it up with some movie, documentary, TV shows, um, and uh, to watch during Autism Acceptance Month. They are a is for also autism, thank you for not including poop, Asperger's difference, Greenman. Oh, sure. Do you mind, like, expanding on that? Yeah, um, so Music is this movie directed by Australian singer and songwriter Sia. It features, um, former Dance Moms star Maddie Ziegler, um, who I watched when I was nine years old. I, like, I, like, had an obsession with that show when I was nine Mm -hmm. years old. Um, it was, like, my, part of my routine to watch that. Yeah. Um, and, um... I totally and, like, get that. I loved it as and, like, well. And like Sia, and like Sia, she like knew that like high and Maddie Ziegler, she's a neurotypical person, and like she knew what she did was mm-hmm. ableist. She admitted that in an interview with an Australian TV station, um, and she also and like and like many autistic people were offended by this because it's a neurotypical person playing an autistic person and then and she's also promoting autism in the wrong way such as like using string lights and restraints which is like an illegal practice against those with autism and um and if you and i saw this video on on sia and maddie's eager's relationship it is the creepiest thing i've ever seen well it is the creepiest relationship between about that as well oh yeah it's like the creepiest relationship between a young adult and like an adult adult. Because 
Don't forget, Maddie, yeah, you I just mean, turned 18. I've seen all kinds of things. Oh, yeah, and, like, they yes. sleep together? Um, what the heck? I think she... Yeah, I have no idea what goes on between them. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I've like, seen I've all kinds that... of things, like, especially yeah. all over TikTok. Oh, yeah, and that... Like, people TikTok wanting to... Bannon. An autistic TikToker I recommend is Paige Lail. She's from Canada, but she has over a million followers. Most of her TikToks are based on autism. And she's autistic herself. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I've seen all kinds of noise about it on... Um, TikTok and other social media platforms, people, you know, calling for it to not release, uh, even though it already did. But at the time, yeah, it got a people calling Globe for it to be, you know, banned. Yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely um, interesting to see how well it did, actually. Yeah, and my respect for Tina Fey and Amy Poehler went up after they called out the nomination. Oh, really? I didn't see that at all. Do you mind oh, yeah. telling me they what they said? They said, like, like this This is... They basically said, like, this is not okay. To sum it up. Oh, Hello? Wow. Oh, oh, okay. I You went Yeah, I didn't see that second. at all. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. yeah, that is. Um, You're welcome. I, I didn't really watch the Golden Globes just because I don't really watch the award shows. Um, yeah, I don't. Just because like that's not really my thing, but I know some people love it. No, like my mom loves like yeah. watching like the red carpet and stuff, like uh, to oh, see like yeah. what people wear. And sometimes I'm curious too. But oh yeah, I, love I typically that don't always watch like. Right? Yeah. Like, see, that's like the good part yes. to me. But like sometimes yes. I don't. I'm just not that interested in like who wins what that much, but. Anyways, <laughs> um, went on just a random long tangent about the Golden Globes. Was not expecting that, but yeah. you know what? We now never know what happens here anymore on the show. Um, so go, I'm just going to continue with the, the list uh, of movies, documentaries, and TV shows um, to watch during this month as some resources. Some resources that Perry mentioned will also be like attached in the description of this episode as well. So definitely be sure to check those out. So they are, um, I think I left off on Please Stand By. Um, so then Mary and Max, uh, Temple Grandin, The uh, the Good Doctor, I Am Sam, Touch of Truth, What is Eating Gilbert Grape, The Other Sister, White Frog, A Mile in His Shoes, and a, The Boy Who Could Fly. So definitely be sure to check all of those out to learn more on this topic. Um, Perry, if you don't mind, if you want me to put your social medias and stuff in the description of it, to, if they um, if you feel comfortable with them asking you yeah, questions yeah, directly, please do. Um, um, if you want to do that. Um, if not, I'll cut this part out. Yeah, please do. Um, I'd rather you put my, yeah, um, we'll do. journalism Instagram in the bio, which I can type that. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll put that in as well. Yeah. Just, um, send me, um, everything that you want to include and I'll copy and paste and include it all for you. Um, if you want to text it to me, um, so, do you have anything else that you would like to add as well, like, um, to finish this off? Um, some nonprofits I recommend are the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network and the Autistic Women and Non-Binary Network, which are fully ran by autistic people and for autistic people. 
Okay, yeah, that's good because we I know we were talking about how um, these other organizations that are more mainstream don't um, include autism people in their autism advocacy and awareness. So that's definitely um, a good reference as well. Um, so with that, um, that wraps up everything from this episode. Hold on. Um, if um, unless you have anything else, I'm putting my link tree to all my pieces and thank you for having me yes it's no problem at all so now i'm so happy i get to speak on this topic and on your podcast i'm honored oh thank you so much i mean it's so great to have you i know um, and it's so cool that you're doing this oh thank you um i'm really excited because it is such um an important topic and i have many friends that are on the autism spectrum and you know i definitely want to put them um put them at ease um that i'm using this platform that i have with the reach uh that i have to spread awareness on this topic um thank you so much serve them well um yeah it's no problem so now i'm just gonna outro um and then yeah thank you everyone for listening to this episode of what's new with nikki i was joined today by perry all of her links will be in the description like i mentioned before definitely be sure to check out all of her stuff um definitely be sure to listen to all of those resources and watch all of those episodes and movies that i recommended that you listen to to educate yourself on this topic even further definitely do your research because this is so important and is so important for everyone to know about neurodivergency and how they can be more accommodating if they are neurotypical So thank you. That is all I have uh, for this episode. And I hope you all have a great day.